Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to another episode of Jacob Walks Over a Bridge. I'm Jacob, I'm currently walking over a bridge, and it's the Brooklyn Bridge because I hate myself. It's really just a matter of mixing things up and not walking over the same bridge twice in one day. Which I've done before, you know, when I used to live in Queens and walked over the Queensborough Bridge every day, back and forth. But uh, now that that's not the case, I've tried to diversify a little bit. And because I walked over the Manhattan Bridge on my way to Brooklyn, I figured I should walk over the Brooklyn Bridge on the way back to the island. Uh, definitely not my first choice of bridges. You're all well aware. Thankfully, it's the middle of the day on a Wednesday. I think it's Wednesday. My uh, watch confirms it's Wednesday. So thankfully, there won't be the usual weekend rush because tourism doesn't exist anymore. There'll be fewer people than usual. But still not looking forward to it. But you'll be right there with me to keep me company. Uh, so yes, I am walking from Brooklyn to Manhattan, which again, kind of like the last episode where I was walking in the evening, or early evening, late afternoon, which was a change. How often am I recording when I'm walking back to Manhattan? Especially these days, it seems like either I'm going from Manhattan to somewhere else or just not in Manhattan at all. So I guess I'm mixing it up and returning to the site of the first episode of the season, which if this was the season finale, would be fitting way to end it ending it where it started but it's not it's like one of those episodes where I don't know it's been so long since I watched a good TV show that had plots plot twists and, and who knows what but yeah it's a today again it's another nice day to be walking a little warmer than it was yesterday when I recorded that last episode it's probably high 60s, low 70s, mostly cloudy. I'm no meteorologist, but it's prime walking weather. Also, the first time in a while, I'm recording with a very heavy backpack. Got a lot of stuff for myself and for my family when I'm going home for high holidays the end of this week and uh, took a poll of the fam and saw what they wanted to get and got that and more they will be pleased I am sure if I got some of the, the goodies that they they come to know and love from Brooklyn Brooklyn Heights to be specific I guess the, the one perk about walking over this bridge instead of the Manhattan Bridge again is that 
not having to deal with the subway coming by every once in a while to liven up the episode. While I know it, you know, I pride myself on keeping the sound the way, the way it's, you know, it sounds on the bridge. And if one walks over the Manhattan Bridge, they will hear the subway. That's just a matter of fact. But I, in the long run, it doesn't really lend itself to a good, a good uh, recording. Whereas here, I just have to be bridge is a shared pedestrian bikeway unfortunately so having to worry about bikes is always an issue especially because there are certain points of the walkway where it narrows down to the point where if you're not careful you probably could get sideswiped and people walk three four abreast and sometimes you have to cross over into the bike lane as I just did now I try to be good. I look behind me to make sure no bike's coming. And I do this when I'm walking in the street at all and I'm passing people or, you know, going into where it's not technically my right of way. I walk, uh, what was I saying? You know, I make sure to look behind me to make sure, you know, that there's no one that's gonna be sneaking up or I'm gonna be blocking. And then when I pass someone, I also do a double check just to make sure that they're still walking at the same pace that they were when I passed them and that I'm not going to crash into them when I move back. Probably standard procedure for walking for anyone, but because I like to overthink things, I like to think that I've thought of ways of doing it. It's kind of like driving. I'm not unique. So then again, people seem to know. I'm sure you are all well aware that people don't know how to walk in general a lot of time, a lot of the times, and that's definitely what New Yorkers like to complain about in the city or wherever they go, that people don't know how to walk, and they're the only ones who know how to walk. And for the most part, they're right. Uh, New York having, uh, it's primarily a very walkable city which lends itself to people learning how to walk very well. Now, I, I mean, I guess I'm a bad example because over the course of the last few years, I've developed a very different idea of what a long walk is or a, you know, what's a, a regular length walk. But, you know, my, I'd say probably the average New Yorker's endurance for walking is probably higher than average. Uh, definitely we walk faster. We have places to go, people to see. And when the subway's delayed and you don't want to catch a cab, you gotta walk there. <laughs> yeah, there'll be times where I get stuck behind tourists, can't pass them, there's no lane to do that on the sidewalk and you're just stuck behind them walking at their pace and you just wonder like this is what life is like such an easy easy going ambling along and just realize how slow everyone else is I always was amazed that New Yorkers never had speed walking locked down in the Olympics any sort of race you think that I, I know that speed walking itself is a very 
artful form of competition. The, the actual act of speed walking is not necessarily the same as regular walking, but I was always surprised that New Yorkers weren't the, like, that we weren't the group. You think, oh, the Kenyans are winning the marathon, the New Yorkers are winning the speed running, the speed walking. always surprised me. Actually not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I know, I, I mean, maybe just all my memories of this bridge are based off of times I've been here when it's not a pandemic. But, for the most part, traffic is pretty light. Of course, it's heavier than it was when I was on the Manhattan Bridge. There were very few walkers. I was even able to take my mask, or at least, like, slip it down for a little bit get that cool river breeze, however fresh that is, is up to interpretation of the Hudson. But, you know, for the most part, it's not bad. There's a couple bikers, some families walking around, but it's really not all that bad. Let's see what it's like in a year. But for now, I'm not too mad. There's a helicopter flying overhead on the way here. I don't know where it's going. It's slowly passing overhead. Maybe that's that a, is that a police helicopter, maybe? Hard to tell. That's not, well, you can't see the logo for the police, but it's probably a, a tourist helicopter if those are still going. So they are circling around the bridge, probably to admire it, not necessarily to protect it. Ah, just looked right into the sun. You're not supposed to do that. I'm going to keep looking down now. Surprised I saw and I don't think I've seen this. I don't think I saw this the last time I was here or uh, other videos. But probably because I don't know what to talk about today. But there's a. Uh, every 20 30 yards, there's a no locks $100 fine sign. Which, smart, as I've discussed in previous episodes, that's a problem for bridges in general, but especially for this bridge, of all the bridges in New York City, this is the, the most famous and most visited. You'd imagine that it's the most romantic. People want to put love locks on the bridge, but it's, I guess it's good that they have those signs. Oh. So I am happy with myself. Yesterday, before I walked over the bridge, I forget if I mentioned this yesterday, I had a very productive day on top of the walk I did to the supermarket where I... You know, 
if you if you're walking, uh, you know, and there's enough space to space out. I mean, pandemic or not, you should really give people some space. And uh, I just had to twist my way around a guy who is very set on walking in a straight line right in the middle of the path without any regard for who else was walking. Very disrespectful. I know they people have done studies on how certain people are not going to get out of the way if they're walking. Yeah, especially, you know, most of the studies focus on how, you know, if a woman's walking, a man's not going to get out of the way for her. Which, I generally will. I mean, I like to subscribe to the, you know, you walk on the right side of wherever you are. Whatever pathway, sidewalk, whatever you're on, you walk on the right side. That's... It, it makes for easy going for everyone and I'll try my best to you know if I'm passing someone I'll stay to the far right but still hold my ground though if someone's walking on the wrong side of the street or the wrong side of the sidewalk I mean I'll play that game of chicken with them and it's it's uh what's my thought you know, a game I, I some, most often win is people realize that, you know, maybe they realize that they're on the wrong side or they just see me as an immovable force because I look very intimidating and threatening and will walk on the side they're supposed to. <laughs> I think I overestimate, overestimate how intimidating I am. Cuddly is probably a better term, but that's certainly a game I win. And that's, but that's, you know... I'm not going to get out of the way all the time. You know, if there's a large crowd and I need to get around it, like, I will maneuver my way around. Or if someone's being stubborn, I will eventually get out of the way. But in terms of people not taking into account where they're supposed to be and then being really obnoxious about it, that's something I don't appreciate. But back to yesterday. And I, on top of the... Walks I did. I also baked cookies in between. I'm a, baking is definitely something that I enjoy doing. Something I haven't done a lot of since the quarantine started. Generally because I don't want to be the only person to eat whatever I bake. You know, I, I try, I'm trying to watch my figure to a certain extent. But I had someone, a coworker, agree to read something I wrote and give me feedback it's a, a set as a sensitivity read which is something as especially as a you know straight white cis man I you know and writing well whose writing includes characters who aren't always cis white men it's nice to be able to get people to read it from the you know so that way just to make sure that I'm representing people the correct way that I'm not shooting myself in the foot that I, I'm not making a mistake also, you know, just good to get another, some opinions on that. Because lest I try to get it published or even get it published and then, you know, I draw the ire of certain groups that could be the end of whatever writing career I wanted to start. But uh, I asked her what sort of compensation she wanted and all she said that she wanted was a birthday present. And seeing as how... My cookies are the talk of the office. 
uh, I thought it'd been thought it would be appropriate to send her some, and you know, getting the support for the U.S. Postal Service in the process. So I sent her a small. I I, I didn't send her the whole batch. I wasn't gonna pick, you know, get a box that big to send them, but you know, I sent you know a, a fair amount and a card and you know a coupon for one free elbow bump when whenever we all return back to the office together. <laughs> something, you know, something silly. You know, it was a birthday present and I tried to make it fun. I mean, sending cards is probably one of my favorite things to do for birthdays because I mess around with it to a certain extent. I won't send a card that's, you know, if it's someone's birthday, I'm not just gonna send them a happy birthday card. That's just boring. It shows no effort. You, you know, even if you pick the funniest card they have at the at the whatever store you buy your cards at, even if you get the funniest card, it's still a birthday card. You could have just picked that out at random. They have no idea. So what I like to do is take a card that's maybe not necessarily for the exact thing that's being celebrated, and spin it around and maybe cross some things out on the front or in the inside the card and uh, yeah so in this case I have a set of thank you cards I got a, at least five years ago I think my mom actually may have got them for me when I was first applying for my full-time jobs as something to send to people that I rarely ever did but I have a bunch of thank you cards, so I took one of those. I wrote, or on the front it just says thank you, you know, like a little typewriter, and then under that I said thank you for being born. And then on the inside's blank, which is also nice, so that way I can have a lot of space to write. So I said thank you for being born, and then thank you for reading this, but mostly for being born, because you wouldn't be able to read what I sent you without being born first elaborate you know it's it matches my style uh, in general I have a very deadpan sense of humor to the point where I'm just I never learned how to emote well that's also one of my problems where I am a little monotone and my joke delivery is very serious very in line with the rest of how I deliver any sort of spoken conversation to the point where people have told me I have no idea when you're joking or I didn't realize you told a joke until I just walked out of the room and burst out in laughter because the joke was funny but I didn't know it was a joke until too late that's that's me that's uh that's my sense of humor in a nutshell I guess we're kind of like uh you know Stephen Wright is a good example, probably, of someone who's a similar style to me, anyway. At least when it comes into delivery, he was very deadpan. I think I emote a little more than Stephen Wright did, but or does, I forget if he's alive or not. I'll have to wrap that up later. But that's, that's my... At least my sense of humor. I don't know if necessarily when I'm 
writing a novel, that's the sense of humor that really comes through. Yeah, I mean, I rarely, I don't know myself that well. <laughs> and I guess when I'm, when I'm reading what I wrote, I'm too close to what I wrote to really understand the humor of it, if that makes sense. Like, I'm just writing what I think is funny. I can't really define it necessarily. Yeah, I, I did try to throw some humor into the book, you know, what I had to read is not supposed to be all funny. I mean, there's some funny moments, maybe. You know, some little quips, some little, haha, that's funny. You know, his mom works in a pizza restaurant. They eat pizza every day. You know, that, that kind of thing. It's like, huh, that's cute. But, you know, I'm not writing a, you know, a knee slapper. Uh, well... I'd love to talk to you more, but I am quickly approaching the end of the bridge and thus the end of this episode. I don't think I'm going to be walking over this bridge again anytime soon. Fingers crossed. I mean, I know that I said this was a better experience than usual, but I don't want to <laughs> take that chance again. <laughs> that makes sense. I'd rather... I'd rather walk over the other bridges and I you know as I promised the last episode I will try to mix it up a little bit more tomorrow I actually am planning on walking over another bridge and recording another episode of you know a brand new bridge I've never walked over it'll be fun and you'll be there with me in spirit and Electronically, I don't know, like, you know, are you there with me in the past or like, because you're listening to this in my future. So, you're with me somehow. I digress. That's all for Jacob Walks Over a Bridge today, anyway. Good day and good night.